94.1 FM, 3WBC. And welcome to 94.1 FM 3WBC. We're back again for another episode of VFL Rewind. Really excited for this one. We had a pretty prolonged round of the VFL this week. Few few um, games for Anzac Day, which was fantastic. And for everyone, um, hope you had a great Anzac Day. Hope you um, honoured uh, either went to uh, the, one of the dawn services or got to uh, listen to the last post at the MCG today and. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us to VFL Rewind. We have a big show, show planned, but as per usual, I'm joined by the great man, Peter Lausch. Lausch, welcome to VFL Rewind. Yeah, thanks for um, having us here tonight, Brad. Jeez, we've been busy in the last 24 hours um, covering the Coburg Box Hill game and then physically getting down to Frankston last night um, for the Frankston North Melbourne game and today out to Windy Hill for Essendon and Collingwood. But Frankston... Two and a half, three thousand. Wasn't that great to see that big crowd there for a um, Anzac Day Eve game? Yeah, very exciting. It's the first time I've went to more than two games of football in, in a round in about three years, and yeah, it's um, it was good to see a, a few games of football, which is really exciting. And um, Frankston Footy Club, wow, they um, they they've they've definitely turned the tables. Yeah, you know, from that club in 2014-15, they had a hundred members and um, was struggling to get decent crowds, they've definitely turned the corner and it's absolutely fantastic to see. There would have been a few thousand there last night. Oh, without a doubt. And how um, how great was it? Michael Ablett receiving his um, life membership to Frankston came all the way over from Western Australia because he's been based over there for the best part of the decade, involved in AFL and waffle football over there. And um, very emotional when he was accepting the... Um, a speech and thanking a few people who were in that room as well. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of life membership acceptances over the years and that was without doubt the most emotional I've ever had. He That club met, obviously means so much to him yeah. and the way he spoke about people and how much a life membership. A lot of people, some people get life membership and I, I think maybe it doesn't set in at the time what they've achieved, but I think for Michael Ablett, he had yeah. time to reflect and it meant a lot to him, I think, and that's what it's all about. And then this afternoon, you and I um, made the trip out to um, Napier Street, Windy Hill, to watch the Essendon VFL side play against Collingwood, and we're pleasantly surprised with the um, crowd attendance there. Like, I think that that's the biggest crowd I've ever seen at a VFL game um, out at Windy Hill. I estimated it at probably 1,200 to 1,500. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good crowd, and I think that it just goes to show that in some ways, the media coverage is actually potentially helping the crowds a little yeah. bit because people are, are seeing VFL and they're going, oh, I'll go, go and have a look at that. And I think the prime example was today. I think if you had to ask most people how many people would be at Windy Hill for a Collingwood Essendon game while the AFL game is on at the same time, most people would have said, be lucky to get a few hundred. But yeah, I was, well, I was critical of it being there initially. And then I got out there and I was very um, surprised to see the um, numbers out there. Like, I think the stream has been good for the clubs. Like, there are probably some old, old thinkers at some clubs that don't want the stream and don't want the radio there because it affects the gate. But it needs to be promoted. First of all, people may not even know about the VFL, and the first interaction they have with it is with the stream, and they're like, "Oh, I wouldn't mind checking this out live." So, there is, there is room for radio stream and the gate to live all together. I think so, and I think it's all got to come down to people taking an interest in the VFL and, and different people, people who follow the AFL starting to get into the VFL because, yeah. as we know, there's hundreds of thousands of people who support AFL clubs, Yeah. and I just hope that some of them come down and support their VFL club as well. You know, Even if, if it's not their AFL line, their local standalone club, buy a membership and support them. We are so fortunate with the VFL stream also that we get commentary thrown in with it. Like, I, I watch a lot of um, NTFL live stream over summer from Darwin, and sometimes there's no commentary involved. Like, it's still good to watch, but 
yeah, the commentary at least, you know, if you don't know a player and you don't have a record in front of you, um, usually the commentator will have the name out before you go, OK, I know that bloke or I know that girl or whatever. So um, we are so fortunate to have it. And a great initiative by the AFL over, over the summer to actually stream all games. So it doesn't matter if you're sitting in Geelong or up in the Grampians and you want to watch your beloved Casey Demons play, you can um, just get on the laptop or the iPad and watch it like that, or even the iPhone or the um, smartphone. So Yeah, exactly right. Um, I didn't mention off the top our three special guests for the evening, and first up we have Lee Adams from North Melbourne Football Club, senior coach. Really looking forward to having a chat to Lee. Um, I'm pretty sure he was not at the game yesterday, which is a pretty unique one, so we'll have a bit of a, a talking um, about that one to find out what, what was going on. Willie Buzzer from Brisbane, who also was at Geelong, and he was also at Port Adelaide yeah, and Werribee. Yep. Looking forward to having a chat to him. And... Another man which I'm really looking forward to having a chat to, David Rhys-Jones, former coach of the Frankston Football Club, Norm Smith medalist, premiership player as well. Yep. And looking forward to having a chat to, to David Rhys-Jones. Last year, if you want to start, kick us off, and we'll go through the scores to start the round. Yeah, no no worries. The first game of round five was between the GWS Giants and Sandringham up at Blacktown International Sports Park, and that game ended up being the first draw of the year. Um, both teams kicked 8 11 59 the next game was at Avalon Airport and Carlton surprised here. 14-9-93 defeated Werribee, um, 10-14-74. Um, the next game was a game that was originally scheduled at 3.05 on Saturday at the Oval, but ended up being played at 7.35 in the evening due to a playing cancellation up on the Gold Coast and Southport arriving a little bit late in Melbourne. And they it was a titanic battle, this game, um, and Southport came out victors by five points, 13-11-89 to 12-12-84. Up in Brisbane um, yesterday at Moreton Bay Complex, a central sports complex, better known as Red Rooster Park, um, the Lions won 11-18-84 to Port Melbourne, 6-9-45. The game that we covered on 3WBC um, yesterday between Coburg and Box Hill ended up being a win to Box Hill, 8-19-67 to 6-7-43. Um, the game at the Swinburne Centre yesterday afternoon, Casey Demons, 13-10-88, defeated Richmond, 9-10-64. The game last night, Frankston had their second win of the year. 15-14-104, defeated North Melbourne, 8-12-60. And today's game out at Windy Hill, the Magpies won um, 20 goals, 11-131 to the Essendon Football Club, 10-13-73. And the ladder currently sits, the top eight will go through. Casey on top of the ladder with five wins um, from five games, followed by the GWS Giants that have got four wins and a draw. Third are Carlton, uh, four and one. Fourth are the Sharks, um, four and one. Fifth, Collingwood, four and one. Um, sixth is Richmond with three and two. Uh, Sandringham are now seventh on the ladder with two wins, two losses and a draw. And the Brisbane Lions round out the top eight with two wins and two losses. Comprehensive wrap there, Lashy. I think that was fantastic. I think it just goes to show that we had a few upsets as well in the VFL. And yeah. I think that's the great thing about the VFL this year is it's hard to tip a lot of games. Yeah, and that's what you want. You want you want close competition and all that. Like you know, I'm surprised that Essendon and Williamstown are sort of um, the cellar dwellers right now. And talking about Essendon and Williamstown, we caught up with a legend of um, both those clubs today, Ben Jolly, and he's missed again. So, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I'm disappointed for Ben. Absolute gentleman, as we've had him on the show before. Yeah. I feel for him so much. He should be he should be playing football. Yeah, he's fit. He's got the best footy brain of anyone I've ever seen. Yeah, I truly hope for the sake of not not for him, but for the everyone who's followed his career. Yeah, he's made a lot of friends on the journey. Yeah, that he plays on because he doesn't deserve to to go out like this. Yeah, I hope that a club, a standalone club, looks at him. Yeah, as a player and a coach, and gives him an opportunity because he thoroughly deserves it. And anyone who does has never seen Ben Jolly train and thinks, oh, he's just you know, a thirty-six-year-old bloke, and he's he's one of the best trainers. Yeah, he's so fit, he's super fit, and I hope that in the back end of the season, Essendon can give him some games. Don't know what's going on, don't know why he's playing, but I just hope that he can get some games and yeah. play on next year. Hopefully, he can he can he can finish the year on a good note. I hope there's one or two scenarios at the end of the year. 
if he drops short, I hope Essendon does the right thing and offers him another another contract and then also guarantees him the five, six, seven games, whatever he's short. Or another club looks at him and picks him up and says, we're going to get you over the line because you're such a good bloke and such a good servant of the VFL. We want to get you over the line. It can be a Southport, for example, and he's, he just says, I'll just play Melbourne games. Or it could be Frankston, even though he lives on the other side of town and they, they let him train with his local line club. The Northern Bull Ants would be the perfect. great, perfect fit. They, they would be the perfect fit. The, the, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm one of Ben Jolly's biggest fans. I'm, I'm, I'm very biased, and, yeah. and I'll admit that. But when you drop a bloke who, yeah. in his last game, had 17 disposals yep. and had a few tackles, he, he had an impact on the game, 17 disposals at VFL level is pretty good. Yeah. So I, I scratch my head and, and wonder why would you, you know, why isn't he getting a game? And I feel so sorry for him because, yeah. you know, I, I just hope that he does play on yep. if, next year, regardless. And I just hope that in the back end, Essendon, you know, give him maybe. You know, five or ten games in a row, and you can yeah. really just prove to them how good of a player he is, and mm. he deserves it. And yeah, mm. it's it's um it's one of those things that I guess um just happens in football is it's it's sometimes hard to get a game. Yeah. Um, another thing about today's game, congratulations to a good mate of mine who plays also at the Darwin Buffaloes, and he's a Kahuna boy originally. Ben Archer on his debut for Essendon VFL, um, a lifelong Collingwood supporter, plays his first VFL game for the arch enemy against Collingwood. So that's an interesting story. And um, another thing out of today's game, great to see that the Essendon VFL side have retired the number 55 goons for at least <laughs> this year because um, I, I reckon if they had Danny Boy, I reckon they'd probably, wouldn't be zero and five, they'd probably be about two or three or three and two. But if you're biased about Ben Jolly, I'm biased about Danny Union. I know you love Danny and he's one of the number one players of the VFL of the past few years, 2012 Development League Premiership player as well, yeah. Danny Union. So don't forget that. This this year in, on VFR Rewind, we have a new addition to our show, and um, we're looking forward to this each month of the of the round. So obviously we're in April, and then obviously May, June, July. We're going to give an award. It's it's going to obviously we haven't got anything to give to, give to this player, but it's just going to be a token. Um, congratulations, um, you know you win you win the and it will be the player of the month. Yep. So each week, me and Lash are going to do our three, two, one of who we think were the best player of the month. Yep. And this week we're kicking off because. We're finished for April. It's a la- it was the last game of April today, yeah. so we can do the votes. So, yeah. Laoshi, would you like to would you like to get us underway, or do you want me to open the batting? Okay, they all they have to be VFL listed only Correct. as well. So, um, I like Will Hayes. He's played some really good football for the Cardinals. So, so he's your number three vote. So three votes to Will Hayes. Yeah, yep. three votes to Will Hayes. Um, two votes to the young. Young bloke from the um, Suns, uh, Dawson, Jacob Dawson. Yep. And who else has been playing some good good football right now at um, VFL level? Uh, Port Melbourne's been struggling, but we will... We'll give Templeton one. Yeah, he's... Yeah, I think, um, I think he deserves it in a struggling side right now and... Hopefully, a good patch of football is around the corner for the Port Melbourne Football Club. Well, I think I think that's a fair, fairly fair point. Actually, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Jacob Dawson. One vote. Yep. I think he's been pretty solid. Um, Southport, he's, yeah. he's, he's been he's been a very good player. Probably haven't probably haven't seen many as many of his yep. games that I like. And he, the way his form's gone, I think he might win it. Yep. Maybe a couple <laughs> moving forward, player yep. of the month. The the way he's going, I'll give him one vote. Yep. Uh, Two votes I'm going to give to Eli Templeton. Yep. Um, he's been absolutely fantastic for the Borough. Um, fantastic player, Eli Templeton. Yep. And three votes. I'm actually going to agree with you last year. Um, Will Hayes. Will, yeah. Will Hayes has been phenomenal. He deserves – he's a player that hopefully we're talking about mid-season draft in a few weeks yeah. or a month or so who gets the opportunity to get on AFL list again. He's averaged 34 disposals a game yeah. and he's had high numbers in the tackles as well. So Will, Will Hayes for me. Hypothetically, I reckon the Bulldogs right now would, pro- had they been able to read read the tea leaves and seen that Lockie Hunter was going to go and leave for a few weeks, however long, um, Will Hayes would have been a great replacement there. But it is what it is. He's now a Carlton VFL player, and we hope for Will that he, um, and if the desire is there, 
Um, we hope for Will that he um, gets picked up by somebody in the mid-season draft, whether that be Carlton or another AFL club. Very good point. And with thanks to Piranha Snacks, they are the, they are the supporters of the VFL Player of the Month. So yeah. uh, thank you very much for, for that. Um, and, yeah, um, Piranha Snacks are uh, um, one of the supporters of the station. And, um, yeah, we, we can't thank them enough for um, getting behind the station as well. So... Yeah, there's our, there's our first winner, Will Hayes. Uh, congratulations to Will Hayes. Looking forward, we'll have to get him on the show maybe in the back end of the season and have a bit of a bit of a chat to, to Will Hayes and see how he's see how he's going. Um, hopefully, but then again, I hope we don't. I hope yeah. we don't have to chat to Will Hayes because if he's on an AFL list, we won't chat to him. <laughs> well, we can give him a call. We can, uh, yeah, we uh, could. Yeah. Chat the rise of glory. Um, I think we'll go to our first break in our first interview and do the VFLW scores after our first interview. Correct, Lashi. We'll, yep. uh, we'll go to a break now, but we'll be back with our first guest of the evening. Really looking forward to chatting this man. Uh, he he um, is a good man. Um, he was senior coach of Coburg. Now he's senior coach of North Melbourne in uh, Lee Adams. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. Ready, set. For Budget's best deals on car and truck rental, budget.com.au is good to go. It's where you'll find the best of Budget in a couple of clicks. Budget.com.au With Budget, you're good to go. Budget Rent-A-Car Blackburn is a proud sponsor of 94.1 FM 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC and 3WBC Football. And welcome back to VFL Rewind. Brad is just trying to get Lee Adams on the phone. So in the meantime, whilst Brad's doing that, I will um, do the VFLW scores for this weekend just gone. And the first game of round nine in the VFLW was Casey v Geelong on Saturday afternoon. And the Casey Demons uh, easily won that 8-4-52 to 1-3-9 against Geelong. Um, the next game was played at ETU Stadium at Port Melbourne, where North Melbourne won 4-11-35 to uh, Port Melbourne 3-4-22. Um, the next game was a blowout at the Hangar, where Essendon won 14-10-94 to 3-3-21. And we will continue with the rest of the VFLW scores after this interview, as um, Brad successfully has made contact with Lee, Lee Adams, the North Melbourne VFL coach. Now we've got him on the line. Now the senior coach of the North Melbourne Football Club, Lee Adams, he's been good enough to join us, have a bit of a chat to us about how the how the North Melbourne Footy Club are going, and he joins us on the line now, Lee Adams. Lee, thank you very much for um, coming on VFR Rewind and and having a bit of a chat with us, boys. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for having me. G'day, Lee. Lausch is speaking. Massive game down at Frankston Football Club last night. There was about two and a half, three thousand there. But the coach of North Melbourne, where where were you last night? You had a different role with the club. I did, mate. Unfortunately, I couldn't get down there, which is, uh, yeah, very interesting, obviously, in this uh, COVID world we live in, mate. Um, we have to be a little bit more. Unfortunately, the coach went down during the week with COVID, so I had to uh, step up and help out at the AFL game, and uh, Tom Lynch was uh, in for his debut coaching performance. Yeah, the word went around Franks and Footy Club. Um, the coach isn't here, the patch isn't here, and everyone's like, well, who's coaching, who's coaching? No, I don't think many people knew, and um, Tom Lynch, he, uh, yeah, in his first first role, he um, he stepped into the role, and um, just wanted to ask you, how, did you um, were you on the phone or were you watching it by stream, or how how'd you go? I guess coach, watch, not being able to be there for your own team. Yeah, I um, I let Lynch We didn't probably land back from Hobart till just before quarter time, um, so. By the time I would have got from Tullamarine down there, uh, but I don't think it would have been much use to him. So uh, I just watched it on the stream like everyone else. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, we had a pretty poor start and weren't able to 
weren't able to come back from there. You've got a fair few experienced boys running around in that VFL side right now. And um, how many more weeks do you reckon um, before we see Aidan Bonner and Callum Coleman-Jones play at AFL level? Um, yeah, they must be getting close. Obviously, um, CJ had another really good, solid game last night as well in the ruck. So um, that's the unfortunate thing with the ruck position, I suppose. We're only going to play one at the moment we've got a you know uh, Tristan Cherry going really well at the AFL team and, and Todd Goldstein who obviously has been around for a really long time so he's putting some, some really good pressure on um, and if our performance today let some of them continue to stay like they are um, it won't be too long before he gets a call up and, and Aiden sort of um, probably just needs to get a little bit of continuity with his footy he's been a sub on two or three occasions so hasn't been able to play a lot of footy and then um, yeah came back for a week and then he and then came back to play for Frankston. So he's had some, <coughs> excuse me, some interrupted footy. So fingers crossed he can get a good run out of it over the next few weeks and, and put some pressure on, on those AFL boys to get back up there. Another bloke that I'd like to know about is Yusuf Thib. Like, there was a bit of talk last year that he was going to get drafted and then obviously was overlooked. Um, how's he tracking along at VFL level right now with you guys? Yeah, I, th- I think that was probably his best game last night, Yui. He, um, he um, yeah, had a little bit of interest uh, last year. Obviously, he was at Collingwood NGA Academy, and, and they passed on him. So um, we, we sort of thought that um, there might be an opportunity for him to to hopefully come to our club and play that small forward role. We don't have a lot of uh, designated small role, uh, small forward roles at AFL level. Um, and we thought it was a good opportunity for him to come and play VFL footy with us and and stake his claim, and what he's been able to do over the first four weeks or so has been um, really, really diligent with his role. He's been able to put on a lot of forward pressure, um, kick the odd goal here and there, but what he's starting to find out now is that um, he's starting to get a little bit more involved offensively for us instead of just playing a role for us, and that comes with an increased um, aerobic tank and probably just an increased um, more games that he's playing at the level. It's, it's a big step up, particularly for those boys that basically missed two years of footy through COVID and then to come basically out of junior footy and go straight into a senior program. It does take them a few weeks to find their feet and what we're seeing with Dibby is he's starting to find his feet now and, and played his best game last night. Uh, Leah, I wanted to ask you about a man that you, uh, co- I think, think you coached him at Coburg and he's come across with you to uh, the North Mount Football Club. I think he's got the best name in the VFL. Yeah, I love his name. It's very, very cool name. Uh, Floyd Bollinghouse. Uh, how's he tracking... Um, yeah, how, how's he going? Yeah, I've got a few boys over from Coburg that have made the trip over, so Floyd's one of them. He um, had the last couple of years off from, from VFL and just been playing at Strathmore and been playing some really good footy, um, really good footy there. And he um, unfortunately got uh, COVID like so many of us over there. He got that just after, uh, must have been about mid-January, and he got a really bad case of it, actually. So he, he probably missed about a month six weeks of training and um, was really struggling to get going again so he's um, we put him through a bit of a mini pre-season again to try and get his fitness levels back up to a, a level and we got him back playing for Strathmore and was playing some decent footy but unfortunately he's just hurting his knee so he's going to miss probably one more game at local um, and then I'd say he's going to need a little bit of time back at at local level to get his fitness back up to a certain to a certain level to compete at VFL and, and probably the other thing is that we've got sort of the, the one AFL Luckman at the moment um, in CJ and then Jacob Edwards probably chopping him out. So at the moment, we'd probably think that if we were to put Floyd in the team, we'd probably be a little bit tall at this stage. Yeah, no, that's fair, that's fair. Always love hearing his name, one, one of the one of the cool names of footy. Uh, another player I want to ask you about uh, was uh, Dom Tyson. Um, I know a few people um, were a bit surprised, I'm not surprised, but happy that he wanted to continue his VFL career at North Melbourne. Uh, must be great having a guy who, who like Dom Tyson, who's been around for a few years now, to yeah, be able to rely upon um, in your VFL team. Yeah, we're really wrapped that Dom decided to, to play VFL footy again and particularly to play with us. He, we're probably, obviously, with our AFL demographic at the moment, we've got a lot of young kids um, on our list and a lot of young kids playing in our VFL program. So to, um, to have someone of his experience um, to be playing in our midfield and help out our young kids like Tom Powell, Will Phillips, Charlie Lazaro, it's been fantastic and the great thing with Dom is he's, you know, unlike his last probably three or four years of his AFL career, he's been 
been able to keep his body in really good um, shape and, and not miss a game yet. And as you saw again last night, he's, he's, a, he's a very good player at that level. And he's also um, just trying his hand out a little bit of coaching. So he's running our midfield at the moment and just seeing, uh, having a look at that and seeing if it's something in the future. And he's doing a great job with that at the moment. So um, we couldn't be more happy with the, with the impact he's had at the club so far. Now you've done two VFL coaching jobs, one at Coburg and one, one at North Melbourne. Um, how have you grown as a coach and um, how do the roles differ? Like you must look at Coburg from an outside point of view now and think, geez, they've got some great facilities. I wish those facilities were there when I was coaching there. Is that that sort of feeling that you have when you look at Coburg now? And... Yeah, I, I wonder where they got the money from. They've got, they got some really good players now. Uh, they've done a great job actually with I obviously, when I went there, knew that it was going to be a really uh, tough job with with a really young list, and we just wanted to try and get as many young kids into the team as possible. And you look at those kids now, and they're starting to play fifty, you know, fifty plus games. Quigliano and Bunker, and, and these guys, and they're going really well, which is which is great to see. And I uh, I went there for the season launch to, to their club rooms the other uh, just before the season started. And it's, it's a great setup there, so yeah. hopefully they can get a lot more functions like that. And um, yeah, they're going really well on field as well, so that's fantastic. Uh, it's really funny. Okay, Sorry, now you go. Now you go, you go. No, it's, it's just uh, it's really funny with the, the two jobs that I've probably had now in the BFL. It's, they're very, very different, obviously, with a standalone club. Um, it, it basically, you know, you're trying to win every game, as you are an AFL coach, but you're also trying to with, with developing young kids as well. And um, Yeah, although they're in the same competition, it's made very, very different jobs, that's for sure. Ali, final question before we let you go. Uh, North Melbourne Footy Club, you see the word Archer on a team list and you get a bit excited. Can you tell us a little bit about Jackson Archer? Um, pretty exciting uh, to see that name on North, back at North Melbourne again. Yeah, we were, we were lucky enough. Jacko played a couple of games for us last year when he was still um, under 18. Obviously, being a father-son, we allowed to play him. And, um, what you get with Jacko is very similar to what you got from his old man. And it's a... A bit funny. It feels a bit funny because I obviously play. I played a year with Glenn. Um, and Jacko was running around in the change rooms as a four or five year old, and now to be coaching him as an eighteen, nineteen year old kid, it's uh, it's come full circle. But uh, he's he's exactly like his old man. He can poke off his life depends on in every contest, and um, he's a one on one defender who can play tall or small. He's he's probably similar height to his old man. Um, he's got the same aggression. Um, in his own admission, he probably just needs to continue to work on his offence a little bit. Um, he's very much a lockdown defender at this stage, but very good at his craft in that area. And um, yeah, if he continues to develop the way he is, hopefully we'll we'll see another archer at um, AFL level at some stage. Yeah, it'd be great great to see um, he, yeah he develop his game. Uh, Lee, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. And give up a bit of your time. Uh, yeah, uh, bad luck on the loss yesterday. Uh, one positive, I guess, is Tom Lynch can now say he's a VFL coach. Um, but yeah, can, good luck for the rest of the year. And uh, yeah, hope uh, can bank a few wins. I'm uh, moving forward. Thanks, boys. Thanks for the chat. Thanks, Thanks Lee. Patch. Lee Adams there, Patch Adams, great man, uh, one of the great great people of VFL footy. Great to see him still uh, staying in the VFL and, yeah, development or development coach at North and also the VFL coach as well. Yeah, no, he's fantastic and hopefully, you know, maybe in a few years down the track he may even be coaching his own AFL side if that's what he chooses to do so and if he's happy in doing that or he might just be happy at VFL level. Before we go to our break, should we finish Correct. off the... Go, go for it, Lashley. Okay, the last three VFLW games. Um, Hawthorne had a comfortable win against um, Williamstown, 9-8-62 to 2-1-13. Carlton had a reasonable win against the Western Bulldogs, 5-9-39 to 1-5-11. And the Southern Saints had a very big win over the Darabin Falcons, 9-4-58 to 1-3-9. Um, the ladder, uh, as it stands, the Casey Demons on top of the ladder in the in the VFLW as well with nine straight wins, followed by Essendon with eight wins and a draw. Hawthorne in third spot with eight wins, one loss. Southern Saints coming at fourth with five wins, three losses and a draw. Geelong five and four. And Darabin Falcons round out the top six with five wins and four losses in the VFLW. So Casey Demons, VFL... Uh, number like, one. Number one, VFL, W number one. And where's Melbourne in the AFL? They can't be too far from from number one no, either. No, I, I don't think they're top now because they lost last night from memory. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they'll be in the top four, I'd yeah. say, as well. So, yeah, be, yeah, they'll be they're floating doing... around there. So 
you know that club is that that club in the alignment club is going very very well at the prison minute. Doing very well, and yeah, just on that ladder, great to see Darren Falcons in the top six at the moment. Yeah. Big turnaround from last year. Yeah, no, that's um, good to see that they're holding on and um, much improved from the last couple of years. And um, yeah, Melbourne's on top of the ladder. Oh, they are on top. Oh, did they beat they beat Richmond last night, did they? Yes, yeah. They, oh, I, th- they, I got they, it wrong. I thought it was the other way around. Yep, they're on top of the. Ladder. Oh, they did too. My yeah. apologies. Yeah. So I think I think it must have been the bad kicking that uh that I thought they lost because I've yeah. seen they kicked twenty two points. I thought they must. But geez, yeah. that that the Melbourne just they just keep on winning. So well, that club is in very healthy conditions right now with those three teams on top of the ladder. Yeah, it's pretty amazing uh, effort. I don't, I don't know if that's ever happened. Have we seen a team? Number one in all three positions. And the AFLW team were runners-up as well. Yeah. So. They're, they're doing some great things and they haven't even got a facility at the moment. I think they're training out of Casey or everyone. So Yeah, because Gosh's paddock's been torn up and re, re-jigged to the size of the G, I think. Yeah, so well done to them. They've definitely got their, their footy program going really well. We're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back with uh, Wiley Buzzer from Brisbane Football Club after the break. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. Celebrating a loved one's life has never been more important. Here's James McLeod, Managing Director of Tobin Brothers Funerals. Our easy-to-use website and memory maker app helps families to make informed decisions when planning a loved one's funeral. You can select from a wide range of coffins, caskets and floral arrangements, view them all in 360 degrees and compare selections and prices before meeting with one of our funeral planners. Download Tobin Brothers Funerals Memory Maker app now from iTunes or Google Play or visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Tobin Brothers Funerals are a 3WBC sponsor. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC and 3WBC Football. And welcome back to VFL Rewind. You're on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. We're at the point of our second special guest of the evening and really looking forward to chatting to this man. He's been been at a few clubs. He's also played VFL with the Werribee Football Club and he's back up in his home state in Queensland with the Brisbane Lions in the VFL. And he joins us on the line now, Wiley Buzzer. Wiley, uh, thank you very much for joining us on VFL Rewind. Really looking forward to having a chat. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me on. G'day, Wiley Lausche speaking. Bit of frequent flyer points over the last couple of years from Geelong across to Port Adelaide, across to Werribee. How, how did the um, move to Brisbane occur over summer? Yeah, mate. Um, I suppose it was um, the lack of frequent flyer points. Um, <laughs> just being, being held down and um, the challenges that um, COVID has have given um, a lot of people over the last couple of years. And, um, yeah, it was time for for my partner and I to move back home. We were probably both a bit homesick um, at the end of last year. And so it was, it was a great point in our lives to get back and, and uh, start to get settled up here in, in the Sunshine State. And you've played... When you were over Port Adelaide, you were predominantly... In the SANFL, how how do you compare the two competitions, the VFL competitions and the SANFL? Um, unfortunately, I, we didn't um, get the chance to, to kind of play a part of that competition when I was over there. Um, just with what was going on with COVID, um, we, we were um, shunned from the from the sample competition that year. So that they continue to play on without um, the Port Adelaide Magpies and um, the Adelaide Crows Reserve. So. Yeah. Um, we got to play each other 14 v 14 most weeks, so um, I came pretty close with um, some of the Crows lads as well. Uh, well, that year, did you did you end up being back in Queensland? I know that a lot of them had hubs up there. Were you up there, or were they flying you out of South Australia still? 
No, out of South Australia for, for the most part. Um, we're, we're pretty um, lucky in South Australia at the time. It was, COVID didn't um, really take take hold there, so um, we lived in, in Adelaide throughout and just kind of got the charters uh, when required um, up to up to Queensland to play some footy. So pretty lucky for that for that whole playing group because um, obviously, obviously all the challenges that um, players and families face with with the hub lot conditions being apart from each other and whatnot. So. I want to ask you a little bit about Werribee Football Club, uh, proud standalone club. The the um, Tigers are. How did you find it down there? How did you find the coach um, Mick and Mick Barlow? And uh, yeah, how how did you enjoy it? I guess at all um, being down down with the standalone club. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, my time at Werribee Football Club. Um, I loved um, the standalone factor. Um, you know, you got the same group of blokes each week. You build some really close relationships in a short period of time. Um, you know, you all have a beer in the rooms after, and you head up to the functions um, post game. All, all those things I, I really enjoyed. Um, and you know, they've got pretty high quality facilities. Um, probably the best running around in the VFL. So um, every every bit about wherever I loved, um, and our fantastic football club looked after me well and. Um, yeah, I would have loved to, to stay there and keep playing, um, but it was more of a, a personal decision um, just to, to move home. So, um, but yeah, I would love to keep playing with them. Now, a couple of the boys that are currently running around in the VFL side with the Lions, one of your former Geelong teammates, uh, Nakai Cockatoo, um, yeah. how is he looking and how far away do you reckon he may be from an AFL appearance um, in 2022? And the other guy, Mitch Cox, the late recruit, you got him off the SSP list from yeah. William Somebody, technically Frankston, um, and he's yeah. been playing some really good football as well. Yeah, both quality football players um, and quality blokes. Um, I'm really close with Nikai. We, we spent a, a good chunk, uh, four years together at Geelong and lived around the corner from each other. So we're, we're extremely close. And, um, you know, Coffey's an um, extremely talented footballer and um, his body's probably let him down in the past, but he he's kind of seems to be over those troubles, touch wood. And, um, you know, he's had a strong pre-season. Um, his form so far this year hasn't, hasn't been his best, but... Um, I will say look out to, to the rest of the competition because um, you know, he does have some talent. And then uh, Mitchie Cox um, is probably still trying to find his feet um, up here in Brisbane. Um, obviously being a late-in, the back end of the pre-season, he's still trying to get his head around the structures and getting to know everyone. But um, you can see the talent he has as well. So with how healthy the list is, it's hard to spot for the moment, but um, blokes will, will find, start to find some form and um, it's a good problem to have for the, for the AFL side with so many quality players in the two. And the other thing about your move to Brisbane, 26 years of age now, you've had two goes at the AFL. Is the fire in the belly still there for a, a third crack to get on an AFL list or are you just quite happy with life and pretty content being back home in Queensland? Um, no, I, I'm, um, I'm ready to go again. The fire's still there. Um, you know, you don't really play VFL footy, um, you know, for the, for the money. Um, it's there, it's there for the drive and the passion to, um, to, to test yourself and play at the highest level you, as, as possible. So I was lucky enough to, to get another crack at the top level. I, I jumped at the chance and, um, it was nice to move home. It was a personal decision with her, my partner and I, um, and we've made Queensland our home base again. But um, you know we're very lucky and supportive here. But that doesn't mean I'm not in a position now to to explore opportunities if they come my way and, and put my best foot forward again. Uh, well, I wanted to ask you about what position do you? I've seen on i seen on the weekend you you played a little bit. I mean the rock. Um, what position do you, do you see yourself mainly as? Is it a forward or a ruck or a bit of both? Or because I, I see that yeah, you you're very um, a bit of a utility, I guess is the word, the old word they used to use when you get you do a few yeah. roles on it in the team. Yeah, and that was a conversation I had with Brisbane um, when I came back. You know, was uh, the possibility to play down back um, as well. So I, I see my best chance to get back to the top level is is showing my um, versatility and 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 being that quality teammate that can fill a hole and um, you know that's what they're looking for in those mid-season drafts and, and players to get back on a list and um, I think I, I fit that bill and um, 
you know, I feel like I've got a good understanding of the game and, and willing to, to put my hand up in any position to kind of um, show my talents but also, you know, help the team get the job done. From the beautiful facilities down at Simmons Stadium where you played for the mighty Geelong Cats to Red Rooster Park, how is how is it heading out to Morton Bay? Um, it's, I watched a bit of the stream yesterday. And it looks like it's uh, I don't know if I'm I don't know anything about Brisbane, but it looks a little bit far out of town, a bit like maybe a Casey to Melbourne. I'm not too sure, but how, what's yeah. the facilities like out there? Uh, it's a perfect way to put it, mate. Um, you know that 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 facility itself, the, the surface is um, pristine, but um, yeah, it's a bit of a trek. It's it's almost halfway up to the Sunshine Coast, uh, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> up off the highway. So um, a bit of a wind tunnel at times too, like Casey. So um, you know, yeah, beautiful playing surface, but um, you know, I like to complain a little bit. I'm I'm almost halfway to the Gold Coast, so it becomes a bit of a trek for me. <laughs> to get up there and it doesn't really feel like a home game but um, it's what we need to do and um, we've had some really nice form there. We've had our two wins at home now and um, even had some strong pre-season form there so I've got no complaints to, to keep playing there if we keep winning. Well, okay, talking about travelling, Wally, the new training facility, is that out at Ipswich, isn't it? How far is that going to be for for you to um, drive from halfway down to the Gold Coast to Ipswich, is it, where the new training facility yeah, is? It's, yeah, it's in like the, the Springfield, Ipswich area, so um, kind of made famous. Um, from Ash Barty, that's her neck of the woods, that area. So, not far from where she set up shop. And um, yeah, it's probably, yeah, Ipswich is the best way to probably put it for Victorian listeners. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a, a quality venue. So, um, that's, that tucks out to the west of Brisbane. And, um, you know, most lads will probably have 30 minutes ahead of them to get to training but um i suppose that's not really that long is it um when you consider what some of the melbourne boys do so <laughs> yeah no that's a very good way of putting it uh wally we really appreciate you joining us tonight uh yeah it's great to see you playing some good footy up in in queensland it's one positive of the vfl competition that some boys can move back home and still play vfl which i think is a, a great all-around win for yep. for everybody and uh yeah good luck for the rest of the season and thank you very much for joining us on vfl rewind thanks guys love your work thanks thanks, thanks wally, wally. Wally Buzzer there from the Brisbane Lions. Um, they're playing some good footy. Got a win on Saturday, uh, Sunday. So well done to them. Yeah, and it's good to hear that. Um, you know, even if after a couple of knockbacks at Geelong and Port Adelaide, he's ready to jump on the horse again. And if the third opportunity yeah. arises at AFL level, regardless of where it is in Australia, he's um, prepared to look at well, it. Well, and, well, I think he's in. Uh, in my opinion, I think he's in the best spot for um for a team that's uh, on the sunny sunshine. Oh, it's not sunshine coast. On the sunny Gold Coast. Uh, yeah. Be a good, good sign up for maybe the Gold Coast um, as a as a as a key forward ruckman. I think he, that'd be a good option if um if any club was looking at him, be perfect fit. See, that's a surprise, isn't it? Like ruckman at a premium, regardless if it's state, league, local, or AFL standard. So um, there's a good chance that somebody will grab him. And if it, if it is a Gold Coast Suns, great. If it's a Brisbane Lions, great. Maybe even um, uh, one of the New South Wales teams, but he's the good thing is he's willing to move and he's open to the idea. Yeah, it's great, great chat with that we have with Wiley there. Uh, we've got a few minutes until we get our next special guest on, and uh, we did want to we did mention it, and it's a common theme with our show for anyone who does listen. We talk canines. We've got a few minutes to talk canines here, and Lausche, unfortunately, he's got some bad news with uh, regards to what what he part uh, not part of, what he uh, witnessed or what he's seen over the weekend at a few VFL grounds. He's not very happy. Yeah, um, Frankston Football Club, mate. Um, know your demographic, mate. Two dollars a dim sim, just not on. What other prices do we have? Two dollars for potato cakes. Three, so. It was three dollars for a dim sim today yeah. at Windy Hill. Yeah, three dollars at the dim sim at Windy Hills. That's you know you got to take out a mortgage for that, don't you? That's that's extortion. That's that's $3. I'll tell you what about Windy Hill. I don't care how good your food is and how good your prices are. If you're only going to put two people in a little caravan serving about 1,200 people in a line, that's just not good enough. Like, you can have the best canteen, the best food, the best prices, but if you can't get people through in, say, five minutes, we've got an issue. And you saw how long the queue was at... Um, Windy Hill this afternoon, and we ended up going into the um, Pokies Bistro venue and buying the $5 sandwiches and um, schooner schooner of Coke. And luckily there was some old codger going around handing out um, free scones with cream and um, jam on it. How good were they? It was very nice of them to do that. And, uh, 
Yes, yeah, mm. the the scones with cream uh, probably gave Windy Hill a few bonus points for their canning ratings. But yes. yeah, I think um yeah a little bit disappointing uh, for the fans. I mean, yeah. as we know, we always go on about it, but the fans will come back if they enjoy the whole the whole package that they get at yeah. a game. It's not just the football, the standards. It's how much they're getting for, how much they can get some food. So yeah. it's got to all be packaged up. And if if one of them is expensive, they're not going to come back, and yeah. and it's going to hurt a footy club because they're going to say. We're not going to come back because it's just too much. We may as well just go to an AFL game. Yeah. So I think that's the one thing you've got to keep in mind. The VFL has always prided itself on being very family, family friendly priced, and I hope we don't lose that. Yeah, and, and um, you know, with when a vending machine here in the 3WBC studio outrates North Melbourne, uh, Collingwood, and a few uh, a few other clubs um, in the rankings, we have a problem. However, it wasn't all negative, was it, Brad? Frankson was in education last night. Up in the hill, the bongo drums, the the tambourines, the vuvuzelas, and then a couple of guys singing. It was funny giving the um, security blokes a bit of a workout by running around with the footballs. Yeah, it was definitely a great atmosphere. It's one of the great grounds, Frankson. They get they have a good crowd and they really get behind their team. Very loud, and um, I still I still think Port Port's probably one of the best atmospheres. But Frankson's not far behind um, on that hill. They on the other side of the ground, if you're at the other side of the ground at Frankston, you probably don't probably appreciate how loud they are on the other side, though. They they do get into it. Oh, geez, they're on the lunatic fringe though, up on that hill. <laughs> so, but and I, we learned a different language there as well, didn't we? We did. We're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back with our VFA Legend segment with David Reese Jones. You're listening to VFR Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. Hello, I'm Peter Cassidy, host of the Monday Morning Program with a suggestion to promote your business and support 94.13 WBC at the same time. Because we're based in the community, our diverse programs and presenters reach a vast local audience every week. That makes sponsorship cost-effective. No more metropolitan-wide media spend to reach a market which is in your catchment area. And with a total of only five minutes an hour allowed, your message stands out. But importantly, sponsorship of community radio is a fraction of the cost of some other forms of advertising. It's 100% tax deductible, and the money we earn is spent developing a better radio station for a growing audience. To find out just how little it can cost to get your message to your local market, call 9285 4846 during business hours. 9285 4846. 94.1 3 WBC, your community radio station and voice of the inner east. And welcome back to 94.1 FM 3WBC for VFL Rewind. And we're at the point now where we have our VFA or VFL Legends segment and really excited to have this man. had a fantastic career at AFL level before he come back to the VFL. Played 182 AFL games, premiership player in 1987, and also Norm Smith medal. And he joins us on the line now. Also, senior coach of the Frankston Football Club, David Reese Jones. David, thank you very much for um, coming on VFL Rewind. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, no worries at all. Our pleasure to be here. G'day, Reese. Uh, Lausche speaking. Um, Tell us about um, how you got the um, job at the Frankston Football Club as coach because there was a few candidates that were um, up against you and one high-profile person, Gary Ears, supposedly got the job originally before he accepted a job at Geelong. Is that correct? Yeah, no, look, I'm not aware of that, no. (laughs) Um, um, No, I I was coaching down in Tasmania, actually, and... um, and I was approached by Frankston um, then uh, just uh, with North Launceston. We just won the uh, Tasmania Footy League Premiership that year. And uh, and I was, I was heading back to Melbourne. So, um, yeah, and, 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 and Frankston approached me and I uh, spoke, spoke to Brian Mace and um, went and had a chat with them. And um, and they were in a similar position to um, North Launceston. I went down to North Launceston. They were a team who'd featured in finals um Year after year, finished on top of the ladder a few years and, and, and bombed out in finals and um, and uh, just couldn't win win the granny. So and, and, and Frankston was a bit the same. I think that only had the one premiership there where Brian coached them back in about '78. So um, yeah, it was a similar situation and, and, and a good challenge. And um, yeah, so I accepted their offer and uh, and took the job on. But I'm 
not aware of any 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 other <laughs> stuff over there. I was down in Tassie at the time, so wouldn't have known known what was going on. At the time, Frankson had a fairly strong list, and I was speaking to one of the former players a few years ago. Is it true when you, your first training session, you actually said to the players about pre-season and not taking shortcuts and saying, you know, if you you're going on a time trial, but if you. Um, you were a lazy trainer as a player yourself, so you knew all the shortcuts. Is that true that you sort of warned them not to take any shortcuts? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Look, I was a bit of a do as I say, not as I do sort of coach because <laughs> I was still playing back then too. So, um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it was along the lines of um, you know anyone who wants to take shortcuts. I know the whole lot of them. I've, I've done them all. I, I, I even invented a few myself. So. Um, <laughs> Um, don't try it because you'll get caught. So uh, yeah, it was uh, pretty pretty standard there. But uh, look, we had a good bunch of guys and, and enjoyed uh, enjoyed things on and off the field. So it was um, yeah. Look, I mean, besides not winning a premiership, um, it was a pretty successful little stint down there. Um, you know, it's a bit of a shame we just couldn't get over the line in um, in one of those one of those uh, grand finals. Uh, David, I wanted to ask you a little bit about. Um I guess some of the characters you had down there, because I know um, down that period of time there were a lot of characters in the VFL, and one thing we do miss these days is, uh, you know, some of the characters. I know, as as you, as you mentioned, um, uh, Mr. Mace, the the father, and then there was uh, Robbie Mace as well. Um, did you cross paths with Robbie Mace? I know we coached the club a little bit later on, but um, did you have? There's a lot of characters down at the Dollies back in the day. Yeah, there were, and and and, and look, there, you know, they were good, good, good bunch of guys. And you walk into any footy club, there's it's all much the same, and there's some, um, you know, there, there's always a, a few, uh, a few who are a bit different um, than the norm around the place. But uh, you, you soon get to know who they are and and um, what their little idiosyncrasies or, or whatever are, and and, and and you get on with, um, you know, the job is playing football sort of thing. And, and there's a lot of individuals, but uh, and, and, and the job of the coach really is to get them all. Even though they're individuals and they're all got different thoughts and and whatever to uh, just be on the on the same page, in, in, you know, especially when we're out, out on the field. How did you um the grand final where Graham Yates he kicked the goal for Springvale forty seven seconds before the end to get him across line? How how did you address the players after the game at that one? Because that was um. You know that was going to be the drought breaker, and to get so close and be uh, be in front for most of that game, and for that to happen, um, would have been very disappointing. And what did you say to the players afterwards? Look, it, it was it was a day where the wind um, the wind blew very hard to one side of the ground, and and, and was you know played at um, at Princess Park there, and and um, so I knew the ground pretty well. But it was it was you know the conditions weren't great that day, but. Um, it was it was just a you know no no sob was really going to um, dominate too much um, just due, due to the conditions and due to the um, it was pretty hard to score on that day and and they got a bit of luck towards the end we had a bit of bad luck we had you know a couple of blokes run into open goals and almost missed a whole lot sort of thing and, and um, so you know we we, we had our chances and, and I think. Um, you know, you approach it at the end of it. Look, it was disappointing, but you know, obviously we we, we did have our chances, and and um, you know, we need to butter up and, and do you know, try and go one better the next year, which we uh, we failed to do again. Uh, David, me, before we come on here, me and Lashy were talking about some of your great moments of the career, and we got talking about the 1987 uh, premiership, and I got talking about something from 1987 that is with probably without a doubt my favourite football pitcher of all time, and it's. Uh, uh, Peter Motley and Craig Bradley um, in the rooms after the game, and uh, Braddles gave uh, uh, Peter Motley his medal. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about that year, 1987. Um, were, the, were, the, were the boys playing that little bit extra? Because I genuinely feel that that year, you know, his boys were playing for Motts, I thought. Um, when you look back, I've watched a few documentaries on Motts and Craig Bradley, and everyone talks so well of that man. Um, that year must have been a pretty special year to, to do it for a few of the boys. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, you know, we had some some guys who, who couldn't be out there through no real fault of their own. I mean, um, Des English actually contracted cancer at the start of the season. Um, Mott's obviously had his, his horrific accident, and um, and uh, Bernie Evans, who was a good mate of mine, he got he got rubbed out for one week, which happened to be the grand final. So you know, they they were guys that you know um, 
three different reasons, but couldn't be out there with us. And I've got no doubt that um, that was in the back of every player's mind that day. We, we were going to war, as you do on, on, on a football field. I shouldn't really say that on Anzac Day, but uh, it's the closest thing we'll ever get to war. But um, and, 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 and that was, um, you know, I mean, that was really... Um, not much was said about it, you know, if, if, if anything at all. I can't really recall much being said about it, but... Uh, it was in the back of every player's mind that we, we had some guys um, who couldn't be out there with us, and and and, and you know they, they were they were sitting on our shoulders as we were, as we were going around um, on that day. It was a bloody hot day, so um, yeah. We, and, and it was one of those games I, I I've never felt so confident. I, you know, we run out there, and um, I, I just thought we we couldn't get beat that day. And, and Hawthorne were a great team back then too. I mean, you know, they what they win five or six and in the space of um, seven or eight years. So uh, they, they, were, they were a terrific team and um, they were missing Dunstall that, that day too. So um, that, that, that obviously hurt them. And they had a really hard game against uh, Melbourne in the, in the preliminary final. That was a, a really tough match. And um, I think that was a match where Jimmy Steins went over the mark and, and Buccanara kicked the goal in the preliminary final. So, um, and that was a real tough game for them. But true Hawthorne, they, they come out and they just... You know, they went at it from, from the start and uh, I remember going in at quarter time. I think we were down at quarter time and I, I couldn't believe it. I thought we were in front. But, um, yeah, well, we we're, we're, were pretty confident going in that day. 1987 was a big year, but it wasn't as big as 2002 when you took over the Hammerheads, mate. Some of the <laughs> some of the characters there, like Daryl Kwan and um, uh, Tommy Dankins, um, Banger, um how did you get that job, and um, do you still stay in contact with some of those characters from the um, Hammerheads? Well, we've got our 20-year um, reunion this year oh, at wow. some stage, which um, yeah, which is going to be interesting to catch up with with a few of the lads. And then when you talk about characters, these guys were characters. I, I think at the start, most of them thought they were going to end up on Neighbours or, or <laughs> um, shows like that, and, 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 and it wasn't really till you know, later on in the season when we're, um, you know, we we're obviously going to play finals and, and we're starting to win a few games that um, they sort of started taking the footy a bit more seriously. And, uh, yeah, but that, that was uh, it was a great experience and, and, and that sort of unfolded. I was um, I'd just been coaching Heidelberg and actually got rubbed out for 12 months. So, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so, I'd, um, so I couldn't actually walk onto the field um, what you know, during, during the game, so I had to get all the players to come roll right over to the boundary line. I used to actually put my toes right to the boundary line. I'd that was right to the point, but um, yeah. Well, that was that was um, eventually down throughout the season. The umpires um, saw a bit of common sense and let you onto the ground anyway, didn't they? Because I, I attended a fair few of those games and really enjoyed it. And you know, it was great seeing the coach even having a dart a dart in the um, coaching box. <laughs> Well, that, that was one of the things when I was coaching Frankston. I, I got called in. Um, Brian Mace called me in one day and, and he said, oh, look, I've just had a complaint from the VFL about you. I said, what have I done? You know? and, um, and anyway, he said, oh, they're sponsored by Quit. And every time they cut to the, the ABC, <laughs> cut to the box, you're, gonna, you're sitting up there with a fag hanging out of your mouth. I said, well, that's easy. Don't tell the cameras not to come on me. I said, you know. And, um, yeah, so... Sponsored by Quinton, uh, one of the main coaches is up there fagging away. But um, yeah. <laughs> now, out of the out of the Hammerheads, we'll go back to the Hammerheads here. Who was who were some of the real characters that you still remember to this day? Like there were some great names there. You had you had Banger, you had Quanny, you had Fridge, and uh, a few others. AJ um, and all that. Um, Richo. Richo um, was the captain, and he was. Um, he looked like. Um, what was his name? Cat Weasel. He, he looked a bit like that Cat Weasel from all that, you know, 70s show sort of <laughs> thing. So he was, he was a different cat. And, you know, Bazza Noble, he was, he was different too. He was a, the tattooed one who, um, stocky sort of rover type. And, uh, yeah, they were all right through. And, and, and you know, when, when we went to the audition, I think there was, was over 15,000 people turned up at... Um, at well, what is Marvel Stadium now for the um, for the rehearsals, and we're going through some kicking and, and, and what's the name things, and which was an absolute waste of time because the blokes who could play football, yeah. there were some ex AFL players and, and different stuff there who, 
who basically got wiped and um, and uh, yeah, they were looking for, for characters. And if your missus was going to have a baby that year, you're a good chance of getting in there. Or if something was going to happen in your lifetime, you're getting married or, or whatever, you, you got the gig sort of thing. So it was more about what these guys, the story they had off field more so than, um, than, than their on field exploits, which was uh, a little bit. Um, um, confronting, I suppose, when, when we first started training. I remember when the squad was picked and I was picked as coach. And, and this was all, you know, most of it was all selected by the um, by the people watching, the viewers. So, um, yeah, and, and, and getting into training. I remember at the end of training, my first time I took them to training, and I asked them to do 20 push-ups and 20 sit-ups at the end of it. And um, I think there's three blokes who could actually do <laughs> 20 push-ups and 20 sit-ups, and uh, but by the end of by the end of that year, we had um, we, we were doing um, we were doing 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups in sets of 25 at the end of training every night, and so uh, yeah, we, we were a lot fitter than than a lot of the other teams in the Western Region back then. <laughs> It was, it was a great win for the Hammerheads. And, uh, yeah, we're at the end of the show now. But um, we really appreciate you joining us, David. And um, going back through the old days, some of the glory years um, with Carlton. And, yeah, the Hammerheads, a premiership, 20-year reunion. I can't believe it was that long ago. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us tonight. And, uh, yeah, good luck at the reunion. Hopefully it's a uh, good night. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Reese. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks, David. David Reese-Jones, yeah, great to have a chat. And, yeah, great to reminisce about some of the good old days. We're yeah. at the end of the show, Liashi. Uh, got, got to finish up now. Yep. Go see you next week, mate. Another great week ahead. We'll see you all next week. You've been listening to VFL Rewind.